Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Well, if you're ready to get in the Word, somebody shout out, we waiting on you. All right. Okay, well, here we go. If you were here last week, you know that we began this talk around the subject, and it was a joke I heard, uh, that I was going to give you five ways the Bible will change your life. And I, from what I was told, there were people throughout the auditorium nudging themselves, saying he will probably only get to two instead of five. And if you were here last week, you know we only got to two. So I'm going to give you three, four, and five today. Five ways the Bible will change your life. It's because we're doing this because this series, because we are in the middle of a 21-day fast and we are in the home stretch. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We will break that fast at midnight on Saturday going into Sunday. I may just have the whole house smelling like eggs, bacon, all, all the good stuff. Amy's going to be like, what's going on? Fast is broken in Jesus' name. And so... And so, so we said that in order, during a fast, if all you're doing is giving up food or giving up other things and you're not replacing it with God's word and spending time with him, all you are, all you are doing is on a diet and you will be lean when you, when you come through this 21-day fast. The fast is to make you lean spiritually. It is, to, it is to put you in a position where you recognize there's some things in my life that need to be stripped away and that is what this 21 days has done. And so I wanted to give you five ways the Bible will change your life. I want to begin with 2 Timothy. Um, uh, it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. This was, our, this was our theme verse last week, and I just want to kind of go here for just a second. If you brought your Bibles, turn with me. If not, it will be on the glowing screens behind me. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17 in the NIV says this, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Everybody say all scripture. Everything in this book, cover to cover, is God-breathed. It was written and authored by humans who were flawed, just like you and I, but it was inspired by God said, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful. Regardless of what you may think about this book, this book is useful to everything you go through in life. Everything. And And it's useful to teach us. It's useful even though we don't like it. It's useful to rebuke us. It's it's used to correct us and train us in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's you and I, that we can be equipped for every good work. Somebody says, what's every good work? Every good work is your purpose outside of what you do when you go to work. There's a purpose for you being in that field of of a career path. And one of the things that I kept hitting home last week is this. The Bible, reading the Bible matters and it makes a difference. And I know I told you last week that the only way for me to get to know you and to understand you, understand exactly who you are, your character, and how you think is by me, you and I, spending quality time and investing in our relationship. 
And I gave you the example of Amy and I. I. I didn't truly know who Amy was until we said I do and we went home after a few weeks. I knew exactly who she was. Now, let me rephrase that. Because I know she's watching. Let me back up. She, I don't know why I went that direction. This is the direction I should have went. She found out exactly who I am. All my jacked up quirkiness. That I got to have the toilet paper a certain way. Don't squeeze from the bottom. Don't squeeze from the top and shoot the toilet, the toothpaste all the way down to the bottom. Get one of those. Get, you get a good grip on the bottom so it all the way. Like she found out. There's, don't, man, don't crack eggs. Don't crack eggs on the counter. Yeah, but we'll wipe it off with Lysol. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, just use the pan. Like, oh my gosh. She's either sitting at home laughing right now or she's already got her list about uh, 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 the things that, I, that she's going to remind me that wasn't necessary to say. We'll see when we get home, right, Grace? But it was necessary for the message. People are going to get saved today because of cracked eggs on the countertop. Amen. But see, I didn't, she didn't know me. And the same is true in our relationship with God. I don't truly know him. I can't understand his character. Even though the Bible says his ways and thoughts are higher. You're not going to fully understand but when I, under, when I get into his word, I understand his character. And when I know his character, I know why he does the things that he does. If we're not spending time with God outside of an hour and a half on a Sunday, it's going to be pretty impossible for you and I to really know who God is. What God is telling us through Timothy the writer is this. He's saying everything in this book is from me. And if you'll make this book a part of your everyday life, it will change everything about your life. So five ways the Bible will change your life. I gave you the first point. Number one, just to recap, is it connects us to our heavenly Father. It connects us to our heavenly Father. I gave you this scripture last week. I want to read it again. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. God wants you to know through this scripture and in this room today, God wants you to know that he wants you to know him like the relationship between a father and a son or a father and a daughter. And when you begin wrapping your head around this idea that the God who created you actually loves you and he wants a relationship with you, it will change your life. He doesn't, he's not, it's not about you coming in here and filling up a row and sitting from the front to middle out and all of those things. Those are just tools that we're having to do so we can further advance the gospel and preparedness for the next level. He doesn't care necessarily about, he wants to know, I, do, do you even care that that you understand who I am. Are you just coming for formality today? Man, if anything you want to know, if, if, if you haven't learned it about Release City, we're not about formality. It's about you understanding that the God who created you and this world, he loves you unconditionally. And he desires a relationship with you, not a religious experience. And although this has been a two-part message series, I came to remind you that this type of a relationship that he wants, this intimate relationship that he wants, it is only possible through reading his word and spending time with him. The second way the Bible will change your life, and then we'll move on, okay, here we go, is it tells us what God thinks about us. If you want to know 
outside of what you may have heard at another church, that God is this cosmic being, and he is got up, he's up there with this electric, bad boy Wayne. That's not who God is. He loves you in spite of you. He loves your pastor in spite of all this, all this messed up stuff. That's God. And so it, his word tells us what God thinks about us. And this is huge, guys, because a lot of pastors will preach this truth. That God has a plan for your life and, and we'll even quote John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should, whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But then they start messing up the message with this type of a performance-driven Christianity. I've got to perform. I've got I to do everything. I don't know how many times i heard this. I've got to do everything that the good book says. And if I get it wrong, that is not who God is. God does not love, his love for me is not based on my performance and how well I get this right. If you want to know exactly what God thinks about you, all you got to do is go to his word. And there's no excuse, y'all. If this is too much, you got it on your phone. A good app is the version Bible app. It's got all kinds of, of, of devotionals on there. And then people are like, yeah, but that's too much reading. There's a cool button that says, catch me up. Like if you get a few days behind in your, in your Bible reading, catch me up, clean slate. No condemnation. I'm caught up. There's no excuse of why we're not getting into the word and finding out what my marriage should look like. What my life should look like. What my assignment is when, 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 I, when I go to Walmart to go grocery shopping. What my assignment is when I go, when I go to work. The only way you're going to find out is understanding the character of God. Because if you just hear what I'm saying, you're going to be like, that doesn't make sense. I don't really understand. what He's got a plan for me. How, how does that work with, with who I am and, and, and my messed up? Well, when you understand his character, you understand he loves you in spite of how jacked up you are. And I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. There is absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing that you can do that would separate you from the love that God has for you. The same amount of love that he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, y'all can do something. All that patty cake church stuff. Man, if, if something hits right, let God know. That's me. The same love that he had for you on the day that he created you has not changed based on a mistake. Number three, the Bible shows me the way to salvation. When I read his word, it shows me and I have an understanding of the path that I should be taking to my salvation. And we can truly never know, know, we'll never know anything about salvation or God's plan for our life apart from this. Because if all you do is hear me say he's got a plan for you, but you're not getting in his word to discover what the plan is, all you, all you, all you hear and all you know is there's a plan for me. But it really goes back to do you even care to know what the plan is? Do you, do you church? Do you care to know? Or are you just cool just floating around, collecting a paycheck, paying some bills, getting out on the river? 
That's an endless, that's an endless life. I mean, that's just, psh, when it's done, it's done. And if you're not saved, you don't have a relationship with him. When you die, it's over. But when you know Jesus and you have a relationship with him, this is, this is not the end. We used to sing that song. This is not the end. My parents, my, my, my dad and Robin, they're not, they're not dead. They're just not here. I had that conversation with Josh on the back porch just the other night. He flew in from Texas for, for an event that they had in town for dad. I mean, I said, dad, I said, Josh, I said, we can't see them, but they're not gone. They're very much alive. And I got a picture right in the middle of worship of what I was seeing. Like this place is practically almost full with just a few handful of chairs. And I thought to myself, in the middle of leading worship, dad and everybody else up there in heaven, your loved one up there, they've got the best seat in the house. And my dad is watching what's happening in something that, that, that he laid the foundation for. I got the easy job. Maybe, maybe I said that too soon. <laughs> but the foundation was already laid. When we talk about salvation, we're not just talking about a change in the here and now. It's, it's a change for eternity. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Who's he talking about? Look down your row. Look, look, look at everybody down your row to the right. Now look at everybody down your row to the left. He's talking about Every single person on the planet, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody, you see me? You see me? I fall short every day, but I have a relationship with him. I don't just go to him when I mess up so that I can feel better. God, I'm sorry, and I'll probably be sorry again tomorrow. And that may be true. But at some point, I got I to gotta grow. And growth shows, by the way. Growth is visible. I should look at my life where I am now and just catch a view back to this past 365 days we just came through. And there should be growth in me, in your pastor. And I feel pretty confident that I have. Can you say the same? Oh, I grew even in spite of, I could give Ansley Grace and Amy and maybe a few others in the house that have seen me on my worst and they could tell you all the bad stuff and I could still stand up and go and I still grew because I have a relationship with him. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mess up and they go, well, I, I'm too, I'm too messed up to go back to church. Man, you, that's when you need to come to church and not just sit there, get connected with somebody down the aisle that you just looked at because I guarantee you they're struggling with half the same stuff you are. And when you do it, there is strength in numbers. Miss Pearl, did you say tell it? I, I'm telling it. <laughs> All of us have made mistakes. It's our human condition. You were born into sin. 
You didn't come out saved. <laughs> you came out safe because you had parents who protected you. But you didn't come out saved. When you came out, you were born into sin. That's your human nature. You want some truth? Here's some truth. Because I don't want somebody to think, oh, he's just one of them love and grace preachers. Let me give you Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin, which let me insert right there, is unrepented sin. The wages of sin is death. Yes, but the gift that God brings is eternal life. So yes, there is a consequence for continuing. And, and let me just say, you can't, you can't, Sin, God, I'm sorry. Sin, I'm sorry. Sin, I'm sorry. I think it's in Ephesians. Grace doesn't work that way. You're taking advantage of his love for you. Now, I'm not saying that, 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 that he won't forget, but I'm saying there's got to be a change somewhere. You got you to start feeling bad about sin. And in case right there at that moment you start disqualifying yourself and you're going, there's absolutely no way. My stuff is way too messed up. Let me give you Romans 10, 13. It says, everyone, say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. All you got to do is start singing. All you got to do is start praising Call on his name. The name of Jesus. And the enemy runs away. This is big time stuff, y'all. It's God's plan for every single one of us. We're talking about eternity. Here's my question. Here's my question. We can trust his word when it comes to our salvation. John 3, 16. Right, Tim Tebow introduced that to the world. We, 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 under, we, un, we understand and we trust his word when it comes to our salvation and, and calling on his name and then spending eternity in a place that we've never seen. But how come we can't trust him with the other stuff that's in his word? It's an honest question, right? It's like, I know I'm going to heaven, but does God really, really have a plan for my life? I don't know if I can really trust him with my finances. I trust him with salvation, and I trust him that I'm going to go to heaven. Everybody got a checkbook? Everybody got a debit card? But I just don't know if I can trust him with this. Listen, when it comes to tithing, people say, I can't afford to give 10%. Bless your heart. I, you can't afford not to. The Bible says when you rob from him, and I'm not on tithing, by the way, but, when you, but, but you gotta, it's, got, it's gotta be cover to cover. You can't pick out the stuff you like because it makes you feel good. And then when he talks about giving generously, which we have a generous church, but I'm just telling you, you can't ask God to bless what's cursed. And the Bible says if you're a thief, you're cursed. But God, I need you to bless my finances. We can't expect God to bless and multiply our finances if we haven't first learned the principle of being generous with our finances. 
how can I expect God to bless me with abundance when I have no understanding of stewardship? Why would God bless me with more when I'm not generous with what I have? I want to be the most generous person. My family will tell you, when I tip at a restaurant, I go above and beyond. I want to get to a place that I can put a Benjamin on there, even if I have a $5 salad. Not because, oh, I want, because... Because I understand that if he can get more through me, he'll bring more to me. And I'm not talking about packing my wallet because our, our checking account, it ain't. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, really, God? But I want to be generous with what I have because he understands that I trust him with what is not even mine. Yeah, but Brother Bradley, I go to that job. God don't. He goes before you. He's with you. He gives you the strength to do it. And if, you, if it feels like you're misusing it, it's one breath. He's got to pull away. Amen. Let me move off tithing because I'm mean, giving because some of y'all just went, oh my God. But you can't cherry pick the word of God. And, it's, and I say, God, why aren't you blessing me? He wants to, but it's not for you. It's for others, but what God, and I, he has proven it time and time and time and time again. He, and I could go to the story of Matthew, uh, when he asked to borrow, I mean, Peter, when he asked to borrow Peter's boat, I don't think Peter caught anything. And because he used the boat, he said, and he was obedient. He said, now this is for you. God will take care of you. Let me move off. I told you I would, I promised. Here's what I've learned. I can trust him with my eternity. If, if I can trust him with my eternity, then I can trust him with everything that happens this side of eternity. I can trust him in my relationships. I can trust him with my finances. I can trust him when I walk into a church for the first time and the music's a little different. I can trust him. And I'm telling you, this is a safe place. I've been around other ministries. I've been, in, I've been on staff at other ministries. And I can tell you, this is a safe house. I don't, there's no funny business going on here. I don't allow funny business. I don't allow people to draw attention to themselves with their flesh. I will protect you. That's my role as a shepherd to protect the sheep. So you never have to wonder, are snakes coming out? None of that stuff, okay? This is a safe place. I'm just trying to throw a little humor there because some of y'all are like, I'm nervous right now. What is he really fixing to do? You're laughing, but I'm looking at your faces. <laughs> Number four. The fourth way the Bible will change your life. It reminds me of his grace often. <laughs> it reminds me of his grace often. That's why we named Ansley. Grace, that's her middle name, Grace. That's why we named her that. Because it's a forever reminder that her, to, to, to me anyway, to her dad. I got to name the middle, mama got to name the first. So Grace was mine. Because I needed the reminder of his grace when I make mistakes and I mess up. 
And the cool thing about my relationship with Ansley is I can mess up with her and she does exactly what her middle name is. She gives daddy grace. It matters what you name your kids. And I don't know if I've ever told you that's, that's why. I chose that. Yes, Victoria Grace and who we're friends with. But that was why, because it was a reminder that God's grace is enough. Even as a pastor, I need to be reminded of his grace often. When I blow it and I make a mistake and I lose my cool about something, don't think for a minute that I don't hear the voice of the enemy just like you do as he's running to bring his accusatory case against me and put all my shortcomings on blast. But it's then, in that moment, that I can go to the Bible. It matters. And I can go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, and it says this, for it is by grace. What is grace? It's undeserved favor. I don't deserve it. Neither do you. You can't perform. You can't give enough. You can't sing loud enough. You can't preach a better sermon enough to get more grace. It's been afforded to you for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift from a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm full of grace. Because I give and I serve and I do the, the, the kitchen and, 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 and all this stuff at the church. That's works. People feel like they got to work for grace. You don't have to work for it. But to understand it and understand how you can operate in it, you got to get in his word. What am I saying? Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Stop listening to the lies from the rest of the world. Take your eyes off of social media for just a second and put your eyes in his word and let God remind you that you don't have to earn his love. You already have it. I'm praying for the day, and I talked to another leader. I'm praying for the day that when something hits you like that, a good word like that, that you already have it, that this place just erupts like you do at Benny Griffith Stadium when something hits different. (laughs) You shouting at me, shouting back, does not scare me. It actually fires me up. And some of y'all going, and that's why we won't do it, because it's almost close to 12. (laughs) We know you. We connect with you. You're going to keep us going. The other thing I can tell you is I've been around those pastors who just because they study during the week and they want to hit all five points. If I'd have given you all five points last week, we'd have been here till like 2 o'clock. See, I value your time like God values your time. And I will not be that pastor. So you, you give me some of that attaboys anytime you want to. And you give God praise when his word is true in your life. 
and you erupt in, in just giving God 30 seconds of praise, you won't scare me. Maybe revival will hit this town. Different, ain't it? Different, ain't it? Brina, Sabrina, different, ain't it? <laughs> Gosh almighty, I'm telling you. Woo, okay, I got to keep going. Did I give you five yet? <laughs> Y'all getting nervous. That's why we're not going to connect because we ain't even got five. Here it is. God speaks to me and you through his word. Psalms 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Essentially, here's what he's saying. You are broken people living in a broken world. And in order to see where you are and find your way, you've got to get in my word. It will help you. Ashley, kill these stage lights and, and somebody hit those backlights back there. It says, the Bible is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. If this thing tips over, someone come grab this and throw it out the door, okay? <laughs> I practice it, this at the house, but. His word is a lamp into my feet. And a light unto my path. Problem is, and I know I'm going to go off camera, but that's okay. Problem is, we're not comfortable with just seeing right here. We complain because we need to see a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe I should stay up this way so you can see what I'm doing. We, we want to see, see a little bit more. This is not enough light. God says, step out and go. Step out. Move your family. This is what I heard in 2013. After I had been telling dad no for years about coming back to Chiefland and joining, joining in ministry and walking beside him in ministry. I, I needed to see what it was going to be like. And see, that's not even enough. What, what do we require? <laughs> what do we require? We require, hey, God, I'm going to say yes. If I can see the next 10 years, what's it going to look like? See, we don't, we, it, says, it says his word will be a lamp into my feet and a light to my path, which means it's only going to light up where, right where I'm at. Maybe we need to stop putting limits on God saying, yeah, but I'll say, come blow this out. I'll say, and then just keep it over there. It'll start smoking from the top. I'll say yes if I can see. I'm trying not to hit you all in the eyes. If I can see far enough out. If you feel lost, and don't know where you are. Get into his word. If you feel lost. 
and you don't know what to do next. But, but pastor, I've been, I've been trying to find out, should I rent or buy? You, you might not find, I can't tell you how this works, but I can tell you that he will talk to you through his word. Some of y'all haven't heard from God because you won't even get in the room with him. And a lot of times, you can bring these lights back up, Ash. And a lot of times, the reason we don't want to get in the room is because we already know what he's going to say. And we, we don't like that because it goes against my flesh. If you don't know where to go next, get in his word. And trust him with what he's going to say. And be okay if it's something you don't like. <laughs> if I would have known half the obstacles. <laughs> Permission to be transparent. If I would have known the obstacles that we would face as a family for simply saying yes to the call, and I picked up the phone in September, October of 2013 and said, Dad, what would it look like for us to come down? What do you, what do you, want, what do I, what do you want from me? If I would have known every obstacle and every negative Facebook post, and they still coming. Somebody read me one yesterday, and I was like, I don't even need to hear that. If I would have known, I would have kept what God said to me to myself and never picked up my cell phone and dialed my dad's number. Because I wanted to know it all. But you know why he doesn't show it all? Because we can't handle it all. If God would have told me Three and a half months after stepping into the lead pastor role, that there would be this thing called COVID that would shut the doors of this ministry. Ministry still happened, but we weren't able to be together for three months. If God would have told me, I'd have been like, Dad, no thanks. You can keep it. But God knew what was coming down the path. He knew that in June of that same year, even after we shut down COVID, that Robin would be diagnosed with aggressive bladder cancer. He knew that three weeks later, my dad would pass. I could have stayed in Georgia with my family. And sure, if the church would have, if, if you guys would have lost dad and Robin, at that point, I'm, I can imagine there would, there would be some conversations with the leadership team and others that would have said, hey, you know he's been praying for you to come down here. Don't you think it's time? Can I tell you that I wasn't ready to do it that way? That, 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 that I wasn't. I already needed to be here. I already needed to be building relationships. And, we, and even when I was here, the reason dad and I, see, I see, I see the big picture now. The reason dad and I transitioned January, December 31st, if there were 31 days in December of, 20, of 2019 was dad's last Sunday. That, I mean, that last week. 
Had he stayed on and then passed even after I had been here, it would have been rough. But God knew it was important to already have me in the role, getting a, a group of men and women behind Amy and I because God knew what was coming. And I trusted him. And he never failed. And I'm telling you, you can trust him. He will never ever fail God says I'll give you a lamp that's my word and if you'll let me let my word lead you I'll show you every step to take next when I go to God's word to guide me. I may not know what's coming next week, but I know what's happening now, and I can trust him. You know why? A little song we used to sing back in vacation Bible school. He's got the whole world in. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the if he's got all that, he's got you. He's got you. He can handle it. But you got to trust him. He won't force his love on you. He won't force his plan on you. He says, I trust. Now I see why we did the trust song today. I trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give you just a few more verses and then I'll, I'll close this out. When I get, and I'm going I'm to go through these fast. You can just write these down to look at them this week. You say, I, I need to know what to read this week. I need to get into my word. Here they, here they come. Isaiah 26.3 says this. You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. If you have no trust, lack of trust brings chaos. There's your quote. Fresh off the press. A lack of trust will always bring chaos. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That's for somebody right now. Psalms 32, 7 and 8 says this. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct. Stop. When I just a moment ago said, man, sometimes you just need to give him praise. Like right in the middle of the message. And it's okay to shout. Sometimes with shouts of deliverance. You want your deliverance to come. Start singing his name. Start praising his name. And start shouting the name of Jesus. And deliverance will come. And he goes on to say, I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. God is not up there going, looking at everybody else, looking at Wayne, and he's trying to do something. And I'll instruct you and I'll guide you, Corey. No, his eyes are on you. He's got the whole world. He's got all, he can do it all at the same time. 
But it requires your trust. Psalms 37, 23, 24 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I'm going to give you Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. This is the message translation. I love this version. Here it goes. I know what I'm doing. This is God talking to you right now. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. (laughs) In closing, what am I saying? What I want you to leave here today doing, here it is. Get into God's word and let God's word get into you. And when you read it, study it, and trust it, and I promise you, it will change your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me pray for you. Worship team, get ready. God, I thank you so much that you're with us today. I thank you that you gave us your son to die on the cross, to pay for our sins so that we could live free on this earth and spend eternity with you in heaven. Thank you that you love us enough to give us your word, that you will still speak through your word today. And that word is going to transform somebody's life today in this house. I believe it. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're sitting in this room today or listening online, I want to ask you two questions if after hearing today's talk the past two Sundays this Sunday and last and you say the desire of my heart today is God I want to get in your word and I want to hear you speak after hearing this message I understand that it matters if that's your desire would you stand up all over this room only if that's your desire God, I, I, I believe, I, and I want to get in your word. I want to hear you speak. So, Father, for every person that is standing right now, God, I ask that there would be a hunger. Just put your hand right here on your stomach. Some of y'all like, my flesh is hungry, I know. But right now, my prayer is, God, you make their soul, spirit, hungry for more of you. In Jesus' name. God, may your word be so attractive to them that nothing else matters. In Jesus' name. Say this with me. Say, oh God, spark a fire in me for more of you. In Jesus' name.
You may be seated. You may be seated. With every head bowed and every eye closed, second question. You heard me talk about having a relationship with Jesus. And today you realize you've got to begin that process. Process starts today. You're saying, today I need to ask Jesus into my heart. Today I need to ask, I need to ask him to forgive me of my sins. Today I need him to make all things new. I've never invited Jesus into my heart. I've never made him my Lord. I've never made him first. And today I want to make him a priority. If that's you, would you stand? I want to pray over you. Anybody here has never accepted Jesus and you want to repent of sin. look at me actually put your head back down <laughs> sorry your pastor was too quick for those that are standing and those that are online who are listening you can just say this prayer right where, you, right where you're at matter of fact I want everybody to pray this prayer we're going to say it together because I know there's some stuff in you just like in me <laughs> that I need to repent for you know Jesus, but you also know there's some things that ain't, a, that ain't about Jesus in your life. So let's, re- let's repeat this prayer together. Amen. Oh God, I come before you now confessing all my sins. And they're nasty. <laughs> I need you to come into my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. Make me new. Make me passionate for you. I repent. And I need you to be a part of my life from this day forward. And I want more of you. And you're all that matters. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Can you give Jesus Christ one more praise offering in this room? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. you got saved for the very first time and you don't have a Bible, I need one of my leaders to go back there. We have brand new Bibles that were purchased. Miss Pearl purchased some Bibles. They're on that shelf. They're actually still in the coat um, and and, uh, in the coating packaging. And I want to make sure you have a Bible um, today. I don't know how many are back there, but we'll get get more. Um, there's There's still work to be done in the city, guys. And it's encouraging to know that that you know Jesus. I think all of us can, can say we need, him, we need him more. But there are people out there in, your, in the community that you live in and the places where you work who know about Jesus or they've heard a story that may be a little twisted and they're not really sure they can trust. I'm telling you, this is a safe house. And I want to not pack this so we have numbers pack this room so we can pack heaven because this is our God it's who he is it's what he does will you stand and worship with the team one final song as we get ready to go out and then I want to meet you at the door God bless you so much worship with the team well thanks again for tuning in 
To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.